I'm Todd Dills, and today on the Overdrive Radio Podcast, we check back in with small fleet owner-operator Monte Wiederhold, based in Ohio and operating under the BL Reaver transport uh, name. Wiederhold reached out in the wake of the state of California's passage of a bill that codifies the ABC test as the appropriate one for determining the validity of the independent contractor classification. Uh, that's for workers in all manner of sectors and operations, trucking included. Unless there's a clear action in the courts or something that happens legislatively in the state, that will become the law of the land there the first of the year. The B portion of the ABC test, as we've discussed in past reporting and here on the podcast around uh, California and uh, court cases that brought this to the fore over the last couple of years, uh, the B portion of the test states that a worker who is in the same principal business as the contracting business cannot be an independent contractor. That's a problem for fleets leasing owner-operators who also own equipment. There are a few ways around it for owner-ops leased to California-based companies or who reside in the state and are leased to a company outside the state. One of those involves just moving to be domiciled outside of the state uh, or the contractor moving his principal residence and CDL outside the state. Another is to get your own authority and continue a business relationship with the former leasing carrier's brokerage, whether that exists today or not. Both can be expensive propositions, of course, for an owner-operator. Another hypothetical is for companies to take on a uh, quote-unquote employee owner-operator model, where the owner-op is a wage-earning driver, but also makes self-employment income for use of the truck. There are plenty of unknowns around whether such a model might take off today, given California's new rule around independent contractors, but once upon a time, the so-called two-check system was at least fairly common. Wiederhold remembers it from his early days trucking and on up through the 1990s in the Midwest, where he's based. Here's the OIDA board member setting the stage with some detail on his small fleet situation of late. Um, you know, we've uh, still been pretty steady. Uh, we have seen a trend with, uh, you know, some of our customers that that uh, freight that could be loaded, like rear loaded, you know, that we do a lot of rear like skidded coils and stuff like that, that okay. if a customer will accept the van, they've been shipping some vans because the vans are, vans are just dirt cheap right now. I mean, they're moving vans for like, you know, yeah. two bucks a mile probably and, uh, you know, we're we're probably up in the three dollar, three dollar range or something. So, right. That's I mean, otherwise we haven't we haven't lost anything on the rates, but we've seen some of the, some of the lanes that we had on a pretty steady eddy basis, go away. We've had, pretty good success with with other stuff that you know that we weren't doing before. That, you know, anything that, that's got to be like side unloaded off a flatbed that that we can still get. Yeah pretty good buck for that and and there's you know been been a steady amount to go around it's not you know 2018 and stuff everybody talks about 2018 compared to 2019 no it's not 2018 but um and i heard something the other day where guys were talking about well it's still better than 15 and 16 were or something so you know yeah um at any rate so that's that's about the about the size of it um you know you remind me you you're running um yourself and um you've got you got owner operators leased on right yeah correct i've got four owner operators leased on actually it was another guy that's coming to work um next week uh that uh he's had been in the trucking and had got out was i think kind of working for you know 
some type of a fleet management type situation, sure. but um, uh, you know, just not really didn't go maybe as well as he thought it might have went or something at one time or another. So he's kind of and and you know he you know he and I talked from time to time and knew I had a lot of uh, customer direct freight before he got into that. He had uh, he had his own authority was a one truck operation, but you know he said you know the thing about playing load board bingo. You know, every day looking for loads yeah. and stuff. He said, I wasn't really ready to get back into that. So uh, I told him, hey, come, come over here and we'll give it a spin and works out. And hope yeah. you like it. Hope you stay. And if it don't, I ain't got no hard feelings or grudges or nothing like that. So, you know, my dad is still trucking. Uh, he'll, he's okay. the other reason that uh, that I I talked to, to the guy about doing it was my dad was going to look to retire probably at the first of the year. So I uh-huh. thought that way. You know, I can when he retires, I'll still be around five trucks, and it's you know, it's an yeah. okay size. Um, you know, so it's uh, uh, myself and and the girl is the office manager, and my wife works part time with stuff that could keep up with it, yeah. keep track of it, and stuff, and all that. You know what I mean? So, um, two check system. This is not something that is uh, particularly common uh, today, but um, it it was right. You know, I started back in '78, and so uh, back then there were a lot of uh, a lot of the LTL companies that were, and, and, and names that aren't out here today, like Wilson, uh, Gateway, um, uh, I think uh, uh, PIE. I think they had a, a company. Uh, I, there were several of the LTL companies that had. Most of them, they called them like. Uh, like Gateway, their the, their their flatbed, they had a steel. They called it Gateway Special Commodity Steel Division or whatever or something. And uh, the way it worked, and, and I knew, like I knew one guy that uh, uh, this guy Clarence, he was a, a he had probably four or five trucks plus one that he drove, and it really worked out good for him because you know he didn't have to worry about spending any time, you know, uh, figuring out the driver's paychecks because basically. And like when you would hire, like when he would hire somebody, they would they would uh, fill out the application at the at at the at the LTL carrier, or whatever, because they yeah. they are in essence going to be an employee of that. You know, if it was Gateway Special Commodities, they would fill out the application. You know, and then he would be going to drive. You know, the truck that whoever like the the. the that Clarence yep. had, or if it was an owner operator, as we call it, or an independent contractor, you know, but mm-hmm. he would still, he would still have to fill out the app, get approved to be, you know, and back then, of course, you had to be 25. There was no 18 or 21 stuff. That was the, that was the age restriction back then on a lot of those was you had to be 25. You had to have two years experience, you know, which yep. is kind of a, a funny thing when you think about it, because, okay, if you got to be 25, that to have two years experience, you had to start at 23. Nobody'd hire you at 23. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. one of those vicious cycles, you know. Yeah. So, but but anyway, uh, you would you would get hired on there, and you were like I say these were union companies, so that you had the benefits, uh, you know, the uh, health insurance, the uh, retirement, the whole nine. I mean, you were an actual Teamster employee. I mean, I'm sorry, right. not employee, but a team's member or whatever. And right. so, and I think, because my, and my cousin actually had, he had three trucks and he had two of his trucks on with Wilson Special Commodities. And I mean, that's a really good paying freight. They'd haul like 
you know, car engines out of St. Louis to the assembly plant in Cincinnati there at Norwood, made, you know, Firebird, Camaros, whatever. But, you know, he talked about it because he liked it. As, again, he didn't have to worry about, you know, figuring out payroll taxes, you know, how much I owe this guy. And, and back right. then, the ones that I, that I was familiar with, they got paid, let's say it was 25% of the gross, okay, what the load paid. <clears throat> and then they would withhold, the, the, the company would withhold like 2% for vacations, holidays, retirement, that type of stuff. And, and you actually got, you know, your, your, uh, your vacation time and stuff or whatever. So, um, that was the way that worked. And, and how much, I don't know how they figured this, that, you know, if you want to look at it, the pie thing, if you want to say, cause I've actually kicked this around myself. I thought it might be a good recruiting tool, you know, like to get owner operators yeah. and, and to be able to offer. Um, so I talked to my accountant one day and he said, well, you know, you kind of have to look at, you know, we'd have to sit down and figure, uh, 75% of the revenue. Uh, and then, so if you go to split that up, he said, you're still going to be out this 75%. So that's the one thing that, and I mean, because you, I mean, yeah. you have to go above that, then you're taking money out of your pocket, so to speak. And not that I'm against giving a fair compensation. Cause I think, I think we do, but I'm just saying that that, right. that slice of the pie was still just so big. So, how this is going to work out with California, you know, say you'd have to figure out, because as an owner-operator, you're paying, um, uh, I think, and I, the Social Security uh, income tax rate, uh, yeah. they, they say it's 15. like 15.3. Yeah, 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 well, so, yeah, it's like 15.3 is uh, what you pay uh, in self-employment tax as an owner-operator, but then if you become an employee, uh uh, the employer pays a share pays a share of yeah. that yeah yeah but if you're still being yeah. compensated for use of your truck you're still making self-employment income so uh-huh yeah it's just it's just ba- it, it it seems just like a um you know if, if you're an employee but you own the truck you're still going to be making self-employment income for a, a payment for use of the truck right um so yeah just, i was yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you're still going to have some self-employment tax in there someplace, but yeah. but uh, on the on the, I guess on the plus side, and it's it's going to be yeah. it's going to depend uh, because I'm sure probably I don't know I mean I've I've heard it since they talked about the passage of this uh, bill in California that that I, I've heard right. different guys talking on radio shows and stuff that the unions were kind of like thinking uh, you know hey we're going to we're going to be able to get a whole bunch of members or unionize some of right. these companies or carriers. Right. I don't know how that's going to work. I mean I'm not saying it couldn't happen but um uh, right. I'm saying there's probably going to be a little bit of little bit of kickback to it. Um yeah. You know so, some guys and we've been kicking this around with the board members at Oida we've been having a discussion back and forth people you know putting their input in there and stuff. And there's there's all kinds of you know, guys have raised all kinds of pros and cons with it, you know, uh, and just like with anything, you kind of figure there's going to be good and bad or whatever. Um, right. Some guys are thinking, well, you know, maybe this will, maybe this will make, you know, some of the rates come up, uh, you know, who, who knows? I mean, like I say, it, it's a, it's a pretty big deal and yeah. a lot of unknowns, I think with it right now. Um, if, if you're a guy that you want to lease to a carrier, 
you know, as an independent contractor, you don't want to get your own authority and do all the other stuff like like uh, some guys are doing. But you want to kind of kind of kind of sort of be your own boss, if you will. I want to I want to decide what kind of truck I'm driving, you know, right. th- that type of stuff. So you still have some some freedom to an extent, but then you're going to be you know an employee of that company, whoever you're leased to. And so if if there's uh, like benefits as far as like health insurance and stuff where they can get a big group, you know, say there's say there's a yep. hundred guys in there, you can get a group health policy. Obviously it's gonna be cheaper than what I mean I like myself, I'm paying twelve grand a year for a really crappy, you know, right. uh eighty twenty policy with a six thousand dollar deductible. So uh the health right. insurance I think is gonna be the five hundred pound gorilla that's in the room. There was a guy we did a I had a DOT audit probably two or three years ago. And I was talking to the guy, and he said, well, he said, I'd be retired already, but he said, my wife has got some health issues. And he says, man, the health insurance thing, he said, is big. He said, it's huge for me right now, you know. So um, I think that's one of those things that, that we talk about, you know, pluses and minuses. I think that's probably something that could be a plus for these right. guys. Um, that being said, I don't know how much, you know, because, I mean, I don't know, like you guys with Overdrive, but, I mean, there's a lot of, there's still employee contribution to pay, like maybe uh, part of the health care. I know I, it's funny to me. Yep. I've seen a, a Holland TNT truck, and it says we have 100% employer-paid health care. You know, of course, which right. they're a Teamster company. It's well worth noting here. There are, in fact, plenty other fleets, including Small Fleet Old Time Express. I've written about a time or two, and, and with whom regular listeners and readers will be familiar where 100% employer-funded health insurance premiums are a reality. Mark and Mitch White of Old Time Express uh, turned to picking up 100% of their driver's health insurance premiums some time ago as an effective way to really provide a value to their employment there. Yeah, it's a reality at non-union carriers like Old Time Express, too. Though, true that most employers today around the nation uh, do split premium costs. And for owner-operator independent contractors, group plans are often only accessible if premiums are 100% paid by the owner-operators, if they're accessible at all. There could be some good parts, I think, as far as that goes with the insurance. Just the access to those kind of uh, classic sort of employer kind of plans, group plans, those are kind of the best thing going when it comes to health insurance, I think, um, yeah. from a cost well, and benefit perspective, right? So. Yeah, and you, and you kind of have to wonder too sometimes with, with, with some of those, if and I'm not saying they they do, but I'm just saying that it, it's certainly a, a possibility where you could be buying health insurance through a carrier or lease to or something. Who knows? Maybe if they're upcharging a little bit or charging yeah. service fees for you know for that type of a deal to where all the yeah. money that you're putting in is not necessarily going for that plan. Uh, you know, right. so um, you know the the thing about this. This bill that, that California come out with was uh, was you know a lot of the lease purchase agreements that were some of these guys are really abusing these people you know terribly and yep. um, we kind of have a thing right. about it at Oida that you know hey if you're if you're gonna if the company wants to lease you a truck don't just run run fast the other way you know <laughs> because there's so many of them there are some good ones out there don't get me wrong. But there's right. so many of them that that we have seen guys have gotten taken to the cleaners. Um, well, you know, like the uh, this was an extreme thing, but like when Arrow went bankrupt, 
and guys were, thought they had their trucks actually paid for, and then to find out that they actually had sold that or had a lien on that truck or had borrowed money on it. So those those type of situations. But like I said, that that's an extreme thing. But still, it's it's uh, you know the the lease purchase right. thing uh is, is 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 I think the one thing that I mean the big thing that drove all this but um right. I, I don't know that uh this that it needed quite this much to fix it. You know what I'm saying? I, I I don't know if they went a little bit farther than they needed to. I mean to me I thought, you know, looking at some of the abuses, why didn't they just, you know, deal out the punishment to the guys that was the big culprits in this deal and yeah, you know, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are kind of, because nobody knows how this is going to work out. The Dynamics case that uh, established the precedent for the ABC Independent Contractor Classification Test in California didn't involve a trucking company in the way we think of trucking, of course. Dynamics' uh, independent contractors had been converted from a previous employee status and were in a uh, much, much lighter duty uh, delivery operation. The notion of codifying the ABC test into law, too, has most often been sold by its proponents in the context of big rideshare companies like Uber and Lyft, who also classify workers using their systems as independent contractors. The B portion of the ABC test could well be problematic for them, too, unless those companies are able to argue they're in different principal business, i.e. technology or something else, than the business of uh, their drivers. That's the essence of the problem for trucking companies and the independent contractor uh, owner-operators, at least of them, as noted at the top. When I reached out to Todd Amon of business services firm ATBS this week, he noted the two-check system seemed definitely something of a dinosaur in trucking today. And in general, he felt it may just create more potential hassle than good for an owner-operator under such a system. Potential ways around the rule are those we've talked about before. Interstate carriers advising California-based independent contractors to move their CDLs and residences out of the state to continue to contract with them, or with the carrier basing its operations in a different state as well, uh, if currently domiciled in California. Owner ops getting independent carrier authority and all that that entails and working through uh, a carrier's brokerage uh, is yet another possibility. Todd Amon has not seen inquiries about a two-check employee-owner-op hybrid model in his uh, daily dealings there at HBS. For Weederhold, though, he feels like it might make for a better sort of path for owner-operators who want some of the responsibility and freedom of truck ownership without assuming all the risk and responsibility that true independence brings. And no, other than having explored the option in, uh, for his own contractor some time ago, he hasn't seen any moves towards such a system of employment or contracting for many years himself. I don't know anybody right at the present yeah. time, you know, either company right. or guys that are doing it. Um, yeah. The biggest thing that, that I kind of talked at, you know, talking to one or two of my guys at the time about it, because it's been a few years ago, and, yeah. and I said something to them, they was like, well, I don't know that I want to be like an employee. They, they were, they were, they were kind of right. hesitant about it. So I, I didn't, you know, I didn't want to push it any farther, and... There was, you know, we, I, I went through a, a thing with the IRS uh, several years ago, but, you know, where to, to maintain the independent contractor status, you know, that the guys are given a choice of the loads. There's not a force dispatch thing. It's not mm -hmm. like, you, you know what I'm saying? So, so we, 
through, through the model, the business model that we had then and what we still have now, you know, we were able to satisfy all those requirements. Yes, these guys are, yeah, they're leased here, but, like, we don't, you know, put a hammer and say, hey, you got to take this load today and you got to take sure. the one tomorrow or whatever. I said, they have a choice of, of what they do, where they go, when they work. I said, the only thing we ask is, like, they want to take off time to work just or uh, for vacation, whatever, you know, just let us know so we don't, you know, try to plan anything out for them. So, right. um but so I, I don't know of any. I know that uh, I just know of, of how it worked in the past. I think you know if if you're at a company as a dry as an owner operator and you don't feel like you're an independent contractor, you don't feel like you have a whole lot of independence. And I I don't see you know. I mean, there's definite uh, benefits to there's probably definite benefits to to actually being considered an employee. If you're in that kind of an operation where you really don't, there is no, there's no, there is no real independence. So. Well, and, and 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 you know, if we could turn that around, Todd, a little bit because you know, years years ago when when uh, people, uh, and I remember like in in my wife's family, uh, her uncle, her uncle worked at Ford, his dad worked at Ford, his brother worked at Ford. There was, and yep. of course, maybe the auto workers might have a, a little bit of a captured market on that but the days of going and, and like you know people was like yeah i just want to be an employee and work someplace because i've got this job security is it really that anymore because you know we, we've seen so many of that you think you think you have it but you really don't so that's where like the guys that are independent contractors they're, they're looking for i think stability in the company that they're going to lease to in 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 the in the today's world, whether it's trucking or whatever type of job it is, that nothing is a sure thing anymore. You know what I'm saying? Because, well, I mean, we've seen a lot of these companies that, uh, you know, one day they're doing business, the next day they're not. Uh, remember that that one recently, the one that wasn't the trucking, but that Thomas Cook, that company over in England, that big big travel agency had like four or five airplanes, and they uh, all of a sudden, yeah. like they're done. I mean, these people are yeah. in hotel destinations, stuff around the world, and they're stranded. You know, no hint of trouble prior to. So I, that's you know, my point is that that even though you you think you maybe you have somewhat of a sure thing, there is no sure thing anymore. I, I yeah. think there's a lot of a lot of uncertainty on things. Uh, and you feel like this kind of a you know this kind of a of a system. Uh, uh, where uh, guys are, you know, considered employees of the company rather than independent contractors can can deliver, you know, a little more at least uh, security to them. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. and you know, if I could take my own my own life story, you know, I started out of high school and stuff. I worked uh, excavating. My dad was the foreman there at the at the shop, and I got a job there. And wow. he was kind of like I had always wanted to own a, own his have his own truck, and he trucked way back in the late fifties and early sixties. Um, so then we we got into this thing, and and we were independent contractors for a long time till nineteen ninety three, till um, the company I was leased to, the guy always you know said, hey you know you ought to you know you get the money, let me know you can buy me out and stuff finance, and I bought the company you know. But so I I I got to say the trucking's. Uh, ups and downs and stuff and all like that, but I've never been without a job. 
um, you know, there have been a couple times where you know, due to cash flow, I couldn't cash a paycheck for a week or two. But um, uh, there's, uh, you know, you got to have that. That if you're in this, you got to be, you got to have a, a little bit or a lot of self-reliance for sure. Th that is the one thing I think that's constant to the being self-employed. But you got to be, you know, there's there's some people, Todd. They're really not made out to be. They're really not cut out to be owner operators. You know, whether right. it's an independent contractor having their own authority. Uh, you know, and that's 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 one thing that that uh, you know, White has recently had that truck to success thing about people that are thinking about it. You know, being an owner yeah. operator to learn what really is involved before you actually get into it. Um, you know, so because um, I mean, it's yeah. when you sit back and think about it, you know, all the, all the stuff that's involved with that. So, could a two check system provide a better path toward getting one's feet wet in truck ownership? before taking the full reins of the business as an independent with authority. I'm not so sure it'd be much different than uh, what happens today for owner-operators leasing to a carrier, except for perhaps some potential added layer of security and benefits. Access to unemployment if the carrier goes out of business and maybe more. Overdrive reader and frequent commenter Pat Hockaday believes it would work in just such a fashion. Here's his commentary on the model posted under a past story about the machinations of California and abuse of lease purchase drivers there, and elsewhere for that matter. Here's Hockaday, quote, The old two-check system was a legitimate method of having owners of equipment as employees. I own a truck that I would lease out to a carrier for a profit. That's one check in my pocket. The carrier would then hire me as an employee to drive that truck that I leased to them. Check number two. I would have all the benefits of an employee while having a side business no different than having rental property. The concept allows an employee driver to climb the ladder upwards by then becoming a business owner while being an employee. The next step would be to become uh, an independent and then a multiple truck carrier." End quote. And here's how Wiederhold answered the question about potential stepping stone uh, aspects of such a system. Yeah, if you got hooked into something like that, uh, it, it's it's just going to be because I'm sure even within this two-check model, there's still going to be, you know, from company to company, there's going to be some variations to where, yeah. again, you're, you're going to want to do your homework before you go. Uh, and I'm sure they're probably, I don't know, I, I, will they be able to do any lease purchase deals under this new law? Because, I mean, I've looked at it, but <laughs> I've studied on it a lot. You yeah. know, will they be a lease purchase thing, but they're actually going to be, under the two-check system where the guy is actually buying, I don't know if that's going to be, I mean, I would think probably it could still possibly be. I don't know. I, I hadn't really dug that far into it, you know, because there's, God yeah. knows, a lot of fine print in there. But if you're paying the guy uh, like you like you typically would pay a driver, and, you know, he's got like a, he's got a driver pay portion as his employee uh, side of the payment, but then he's got his other side where he's getting paid for use of the truck. Where does the fuel surcharge go? Like, are we putting the fuel surcharge on the on the equipment side? You know, <laughs> you know, how does yeah, that work yeah, from a tax yeah. perspective? Yeah. Well, and, and and you know, I mean, look, the, Todd, the, the bottom line, and like I said, maybe maybe a, a, a you know we're a tad bit off topic, but it goes back to pay. Yeah. But it, and I remember when I started back in '78, and I know that seems like an eternity ago to people, maybe listening or whatever, <laughs> but uh, you know. Old timers that were in had been in the trucking business for a long time were like, oh, you know, you really don't know what good money was. But look, here's here's the rule of thumb: you don't ever want to haul any load 
that doesn't pay you at least a dollar a loaded mile. They said that's you got to be your bottom line there. And and fuel was fifty cents a gallon. So if you go by that today, you know, at fuel at three dollars, we ought to be hauling six dollar freight. Now I'm sure people out there, yeah. you know, shippers and are gonna cringe right now when they hear that. But and and you know, so you look at that and then you look at somebody that's a company driver and you see a lot of the you've seen a lot of the stuff, Todd probably wrote a lot of articles on it about, you know, what driver compensation is and, and what it what it is today and what it ought to be. It, there's right. there's a huge disparity. You know, we're we're talking guys probably ought to be making you know, on the average OTR guy ought to be making a hundred grand instead he's making what, forty, forty seven, forty five, something like that or whatever. That's you know, the average for right. for an OTR carrier or whatever. So um yeah. that's uh that, that that's gotta yeah. be figured in there someplace. You know what I'm saying? That's gotta be part of the part of the conversation, the equation. And I'm not looking for government to mandate you know, the pricing on stuff, but I'm just saying that that's, uh, you know, uh, where we're at. So, If you're based in California as an independent contractor or as a fleet owner contracting with owner ops there, what's your current thinking about how to deal with the California changes around independent contractors? Dial 530-408-6423 to weigh in via the podcast message line. State your name and location with any message. Till next time, stay pro out there.